Hi, I'm Pastor Kenneth Olusanya of the Vivify Ministries, and it is my joy that your heart is awakened to the finished works of Christ with such powerful simplicity. Are you ready? All right, here we go. All right, and I'm so, so excited for what uh, we're about to study this evening. And I just want you to, to be receptive there are going to be a lot of instructions that will be given this evening, and I want you to take them. I want you to run with them. I want you to put them to practice because you see the the beautiful link, the, the, the thing that yields results in the Christian faith is that bridge between belief and action. A, a person who is willing to make the step to merge belief and action will always see results. Because it's easy to say you believe one thing, but it's another to prove that you actually believe it through your actions. And that's why James talks about it and says, you know, faith without works is what? It's dead. Faith without works is dead. It's done. It's, 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 it's not proven. I can't tell that you can fly if you're not trying to make an effort to fly. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, you, your your belief system is only proven by your actions. And that's what I'm asking you to do this evening. That everything you hear, I want you tra to translate it to practical actions, pragmatic actions that you're going to take and take seriously and grow in those actions and get better to a place of proficiency. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. So welcome. You're in a good place this evening studying the Bible. I love you all so much. We're going to have a lot of fun, but we're also going to be blessed and transformed by the teaching. Hallelujah. Are you ready? All right. Praise the name of Jesus. So very quickly, we are continuing and, and also concluding the teaching series called Spiritability. Spiritability. We're bringing it to a powerful close. And, and this series, as short as it may have been, I wish it was longer. And we'll still talk more about these things. But, you know, this was us trying to explore all the possibilities of the Holy Spirit. The ability of the Holy Spirit in us, you know, and through us. And, and, I, I, and I know that so many of you have been blessed by these teachings. I want you to re-listen to them. I want you to share them with someone. I need you to help a believer understand what it is that they have in Christ Jesus. And it's because of you that that can happen. Praise the name of Jesus. So we're going to conclude this teaching series with a topic called serpents and poisons. Ooh, dum, dum, dum. I wish I had some music here to just do that. Yeah, it sounds spooky. It sounds scary. I I'm sorry, not sorry. It's something that you're going to be blessed by, I promise you. Not the title, but the teaching. Serpents serpents and Poisons. Uh, right, very quickly, I want us to open to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You're going to open your Bible and you're going to um, read the scripture with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 18. We're going to read from verse 18 to 20. Open your Bibles, open your Bibles. If you are there, shout Shambhala. <laughs> yes, are you there? Okay, great, 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 great. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says, And all things are of God, 
who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Look at verse 20. Now then, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. And the take home from this scripture for me is the fact that it says, Now then, you are an ambassador for Christ. You are an ambassador for Christ. What does an ambassador do? What is it that an ambassador does as, as, a, as a job description? An ambassador is meant to do a couple of things. One of those things is to look like the people that he is representing or the person that he is representing. An ambassador is supposed to talk like the person that he or she is representing. An ambassador is supposed to act like the person that he or she is representing. An ambassador is expected to establish the culture from where he or she is from in the place that they are going to be. So that the culture of their place is known. That the culture of their place is upheld and respected in that new territory. An ambassador for Christ is one that when you see this ambassador... You see the person that he or she is representing. That's who an ambassador is. You are a replica. As an ambassador, your speech, your actions, your, your culture, your behavior must look like the person you are representing or the people you are representing. And the Bible tells us that you, yes, you listening to me, you're a representative of Christ. You're an ambassador of Christ. It means that the things that Jesus did, you are to do as well. It means that the kingdom that Jesus is from, you are to represent that kingdom here on the earth. Praise the name of Jesus. That's who an ambassador is. And we've talked about this countlessly. How that in John 14 verse 12, how that he talks about that, you know, we... Jesus talks to the disciples and says, you have, you know, the works that I do, you will do also. And greater works than this shall you do because I go unto my father. And this is so powerful because this is, this is him literally laying out the job description for what they will do. The things that they saw him do, the things they saw him say, they are to do it as well everything well except dying on the cross but the things that he did on the earth representing the kingdom of heaven they are to do as well and greater hallelujah and greater so i want you to just say i am an ambassador for christ it's 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 the biggest one of the biggest privileges you ever have in your life 
to be an ambassador. You are, God, God is literally counting on you to represent him well. That wherever you step, wherever you go, people can look at you and say, Ah, are you sure you're not Jesus? Ah, are you sure you're not? You, you look like God in, in a man. That's what God wants us to do as his ambassadors. That in, in us they see him. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. And I said that to, to say this and establish this thought. That God has high expectations of us in every regard. He wants us to look like him, talk like him, act like him. And there's something in Mark 16, verse 17 to 18, that I want you to look at with me. Can you open your Bible quickly? I want to show you something that represents what we will do because Jesus did these things, right? I want you to see this. I want you to see what is available for you as an ambassador of Christ, as someone who is equipped by the Spirit, a child of God, born of the Spirit. Hallelujah. This is what it says. Mark 16, verse 17. And you know, this is one of my favorite scriptures, and I want it to be yours too. Verse 17, it says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. Oh, glory to God. I love this scripture for so many reasons. But it says, These signs, he's going, going to talk about those signs. The Lord Jesus is. He's going to talk about those signs that will follow. But he says, This sign shall follow them that do what? That believe. And, and that alone tells you that this scripture is for you. It's for those who believe in the name of Jesus. It applies to them. These signs will follow. And you see, one thing about the word follow there means if, if something is going to follow, something must have stepped out. Something must have led. You know, when if you say, follow me, guys, maybe you're trying to get somewhere. And you say, guys, follow me. And you stay in one spot. Guess what? No one is going to follow you because you're not moving. So I like this scripture because it talks about proactivity. It talks about stepping out. It talks about taking the lead, taking a leap of faith, taking action, and then the signs will follow as you go. Praise the name of Jesus. I hope that makes sense. It says, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Oh, praise the name of Jesus. It's for them that believe. Verse 18. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Oh, I love this so much. It says they will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison or drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They will lay hands on sick people. And those sick people will have no, no, no other option than to respond to the healing power that these believers will carry. They will recover. Powerful scripture. This is, this is a, a spotlight on the things that we get to do to represent our Lord Jesus on the earth. But I want to highlight that point that says you will cast out devils. That point that says you will take up serpents and drink deadly things, but it will not harm you. See, this sounds, this sounds like invisibility. Not invisibility, invincibility. 
the attribute of being untouchable, the attribute of being unhurtable, not being able to be harmed. That's what I'm seeing here in this scripture. It talks of protection. It talks of the fact that there is something greater in you than the harm that is outside in the world. That's what I see when I see this scripture. And you know, when pe- a lot of people have tried to explain this scripture and would usually take it literally. Well, some people have taken it by far so literally. There's a church um, of serpent handlers, and I am not kidding. I am not kidding. There is a church of serpent handlers, especially in the eastern part of the world, where they literally handle snakes. They play with snakes. They 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 muse snakes. They they handle snakes and serpents based on the scriptures yeah it's almost like they're putting god to test i i don't know why but i mean i wish them all the best anyways but i mean people take it that literally and and also on a maybe on a more reasonable level there is the the literal rendition of this that you know literally if you you have to take up a serpent if you have to be uh, to have an encounter with the serpent it will not harm you right and Honestly, as much as somehow it might seem, why would Jesus be talking about that? Why would Jesus be saying, you know, if we are in a situation that seems too specific? Why snakes? Why serpents? Why are we interacting with snakes and serpents? You know, why does this sound so specific? Why would he be talking about that? Well, we might want to look for more meaning. Let's see. Is it possible that if this were literally talking about a snake or a serpent, that this is true, that the serpents won't harm us. Do we have any biblical precedence for this? I think yes. Because aside from the fact that we don't put God in a box, aside from the fact that God does exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine, as much as we believe God to do the unexpected, the unexplainable, we have biblical precedence for something like this. And if you look at the book of Acts chapter 28, can you open there quickly with me? The 28th chapter of the book of Acts. We're going to read quickly from verse 1. Acts chapter 28 from verse 1 to 6. Oh, this is going to bless you. This is going to bless you. And it's going to blow your mind to seeing the possibilities that you have in God through Christ Jesus. Verse 1. Verse 1. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Now, when they had escaped... They then they then found out that the island was called Malta Guinness. So, sorry, what am I saying? <laughs> that was a joke. If your Bible says Malta Guinness, change it immediately. But uh, they were they had escaped. They found out that the island you know that they were on. This is talking about the the, the apostles, including Paul. Um, they were in a place called Malta, right? And the natives showed us unusual kindness. For they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. So these guys were traveling, you know, it was raining and the people received them warmly. They were kind, they were hospitable and started up a fire. Oh, you know, just come by by this campfire. You're going to be warm. You're going to be fine. And that's great. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks, you know, he, he carried some sticks from the woods to just keep the fire burning. And you know, he went there, put the wood. And what happened? The Bible says, as he laid them on the fire, 
a viper, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. Now, a lot of people have said that, you know, this viper was not a poisonous snake that, you know, it just wrapped itself. The Bible says fastened himself on, on Paul, fastened itself on Paul's hand, you know, and just wrapped, you know, itself around Paul's hand to constrict you know his hand you know there are different kinds of snakes and this is not a biology class but the different kinds of snakes there are those that are very lethal because of their venomous bite they have venomous toxins and poisons in their bite um, others kill and defend themselves they attack or defend themselves by constricting their prey you're talking about the boa constrictor pythons that that wrap themselves around you know the the prey to strangle it so people have said that oh no this is this is what was happening the, the viper didn't bite paul it just fastened itself tried to wrap itself around him but when you think about it um if you do your research well you find out that the majority of vipers are venomous you, you don't see a constricting viper anywhere right and, and i'm going to give you more credence as to why you know this this actually pose, pose, poses are more of a venomous bite than just constricting you know paul's hands and i'm saying this because there are a lot of views about this and i want you to see it for yourself what this really what was really happening here so a viper came out because of the heat fastened itself on his hand so when the native saw the creature hanging from his hand so the creature is still on his hand by the way hanging from his hand they said one to another no doubt this man is a murderer whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow to live. So they're very superstitious. They're like, ah, if, if snake is biting you, that means they're following you from your village. They, they want to enjoy you. You must have done something wrong. You must have killed someone. And so this is, this is karma. You're about to be killed too. Right? And so it says, but look at what happened. <laughs> My goodness. Look at verse 5. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm suffered no harm now i mean it's still possible that the thing could have just wrapped itself around him and hadn't bitten him yet he just shook it off right but let me show you why i think he was bitten you know verse six however they were expecting that he will swell up it means they had seen something that could cause a swelling. You know, it says that he will swell up or suddenly fall down dead. It means something had happened rather than just wrapping itself around his, his hand. It means he was bitten and those are symptoms of a venomous bite. That you will swell and die. That area will start to swell up and, and the person will die because of the venom. But... After they had looked for a long time, mind you, they were observing, they were waiting. They saw no harm come to him. And they changed their minds and said, ah, he's a God. <laughs> My goodness. Look at that story. Imagine Paul. He, he was carrying firewood, put it in the fire. The, the viper came, bit him. He looked at the viper. Just, I beg, leave my, come on, come on, leave my hand. And hey, what were we saying, guys? Let's continue what we're talking about. Imagine that. Like nothing had happened. He was harmed, attacked by a viper. And he was not harmed. And the people there resolved in their minds. And we are talking to a God.
guys, yeah. <laughs> when I say this, I say this because you are included in this. But there are realms. <laughs> there are realms to these things. And these realms are accessible to you, if I may use that term, realms. It's all about understanding. Now, I will say that if something like this happens, you shouldn't look for an antitoxin, try to look at medicine or suck out the venom in the traditional way, stuff like that. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do those things. But obviously, it shows that Paul had an understanding of the kind of power he carried. He had an understanding of the kind of authority. He had an understanding of the kind of invincibility, the, the sort of invincibility he had to harm and to, to, to danger. This was a guy that, will, that, that I mean, look at Paul's life. He, it, the prophet Agabus prophesied and told him, don't go to Jerusalem who took his belt, tied his own hand and, and demonstrated the way I have tied my hand is the way they will tie your hand in Jerusalem. Don't go. Don't go. And Paul said, you offend me. You think I will not go and preach the gospel because my hands will be tied. In fact, I'm willing more to die for this gospel. You'll, you'll break my heart is what Paul said. Paul was a man known to walk into danger. But I tell you, in every time he was faced with danger, the Lord saw him through, except when it was time for him to be done with his work on the earth. So this idea that he was untouchable was something that I see resounding here. And from our scripture in Mark 16, where it says that, you know, you shall take up serpents or you'll be attacked by serpents or, or take deadly substances and poisons, but it will not harm you. It means that it's applicable even in a literal sense. We see that in the life of Paul. Praise the name of Jesus. But, but when I look closer, it seems to me that there is more to this thing on serpents. The, the very symbolism of a serpent many times connotes a lot of things. A lot of things. But I want to, to, to just look on the perspective of the first appearance of the devil to mankind. He took the form of a serpent to tempt Adam and Eve. There's a symbolism there. It, it, it's almost figurative, I believe. But don't take my word for it. Let's look at some of these scriptures that, that seem to talk more about this. Psalm 91 from verse 11. You know Psalm 91, the one that they taught you in your children's class, your Sunday school class to memorize. You know, you know how it starts, don't you? <laughs> he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Almighty, you know it, right? Let's go to verse 11 of that chapter. Psalm 91 from verse 11. Ah, this is so good. It says, For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Verse 12, They shall bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against the stone. This is so good. It, it talks about protection. This was the, the scripture that the devil quoted to Jesus when he tempted him and said, If you are the son of God, jump down. Let's prove it. Let's see if truly God's angels will carry you. This was it. But this talks about protection. That God will actually give his angels charge over you. New Testament believer, listen to me. New Testament child of God. God still does this today. He still gives his angels charge of you, over you to keep you in all your ways he says they, they will bear thee up in their hands look at that lest you dash your foot against this stone 
Look at verse 13 now. Pay attention here. It now says, Thou shalt tread. That means thou shalt trample upon. Thou shalt destroy. Thou shalt conquer. The lion and the adder. The young lion and the dragon shall thou trample under feet. For those of you who know that term of an adder, it's a type of snake. It's a type of snake, sometimes very venomous. It's a type of serpent. And he's saying that you will, in the context of protection against danger, it says you will trample upon lions. Are lions deemed to be dangerous? Absolutely. Are adders deemed to be dangerous? Of course they are. Serpents are venomous. But he says you will trample them on their feet. Now, is he saying all other dangerous animals are not included? The, the bears, the, the tigers, the, the carnivorous animals that are known to be dangerous to humans? Are they out of the equation? What I see here is symbolism. I'm seeing a figurative representation of all things dangerous to us. Now, there is a spiritual implication to this, I believe. And I think we're going to see more of that in this scripture. I want you to open with me to Luke chapter 10. Now we can say that there's a lot of hidden messages in the Old Testament, which Psalm 91 is a part of. But I want us to see more on this issue in Luke chapter 10 from verse 17 to 20. Oh, come on, open your Bibles, guys. We are people of the word of God, so we open our scriptures. We open the Bible. So turn there with me, Luke chapter 10. From verse 17 to 20, this is going to be good. Look at verse 17. This is very powerful. Jesus had dispersed 70 of his disciples to do some work. He gave them his name. He gave them his authority. He said, see, in my name, you can do whatever you want to. The spirit of God is with you to do all these things. Jesus told them, you know, you, you know the spirit for he was with you and then he will be in you. That's in John 14, verse 17, I believe, right? But here he's telling them, you know, look, he told them, go and, 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 and in my name, do wondrous works, you know, reach out to people, bring the good news to the poor. And verse 17, see what's happening here. And the 70 returned again with joy. They were happy. Something had happened. Saying, Lord, even the devils, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. It was common in those days to have demonically oppressed people. There were so many demonically oppressed people in those days. You know, I feel like if, if we think closely and we look at today, in fact, a lot of people, when I hear them talk, a lot of believers, you know, when you talk about encouraging people to, to cast out devils, to disrupt demonic um, activities, what, one thing you would hear is, I don't really think there are enough demons for me to do this thing. Ah, you think there are not enough demons? I'm, I'm not saying you are a demon hunter or a ghost buster. Or, you know what I'm saying? That's not your job to, to always look out for them and be chasing them. But I'm telling you, they, they, them, they, they are there. There are a lot of them. And, and what masquerades as madness or mental illnesses or, you know, a business crumbling or someone acting out of the ordinary that we just push to psychology or, you know, neuro neurological things. 
I'm telling you that a lot of these things are demonic operations. They are demonic operations. Do you know that people in the Bible were blind? They were dumb. They were deaf. They were lame. And, and, and these things were caused by demons. Do you know that? That because when Jesus cast out the devils of these people, the, the, the blindness left, the, 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 the deafness left. And I believe the same happened. There was a guy who was, the Bible described as being thrown to the fire, thrown to the water. This guy moved anyhow. He was aggressive. He lived in caves. That's how madmen behave. So not every madman you see on the road was someone who um, just maybe because of mental breakdown lost it all because of the, the pressures of life. It's not always the case. A lot of demonic activity, if you are sensitive enough, you will know. You will know that there is a there are a lot of demonic operations today, and it's 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 it it's almost seems like it's been on the increase. But I'm telling you, that's not the case. We are going to take authority over such situations by the power and authority of Jesus. Amen. Let me get back to that scripture. I'm just saying that to, to let you know that look, there's a lot of demonic activity, and it's not something for you to be afraid of. It's something for you to know, be aware of. I know that there is something you have to do about this. And I'm telling you, sometimes these demonic activities are not so far away. They might be just close by. I'm also not saying that to scare you. But I'm trying to let you know that, look, demonic activity is not always the, the possessions that you think of. Sometimes there are afflictions. The devil is not happy with you. So many times he will, he will try his tactics and his schemes to try and pull you down. You know, that's why Paul said, we're not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. And that was as pertaining the, the relationship between believers amongst themselves. And, they, you know, the devil trying to bring division and chaos. That's the activity of demons. That's the activity of the devil. And you need to be sensitive that these are things that are not too far off. All right. So they, they return saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through your authority. Verse 18, and Jesus replied to them, <laughs> said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. That, that talks of defeat. That talks of defeat. Verse 19, behold. Ah, look at this. He said, behold, see. He's telling them to see. I give you, I give unto you power. Say power. <laughs> There's a way you say power that you know is powerful. I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. Now, if you stop there, that would be cool. I mean, if there's a supernatural ability to kill all snakes and serpents and scorpions everywhere in the world, that's great. I mean, why do we need these creatures anyways? But he goes on to say, and, and the Greek word for serpents here, which is Ophion, is, is similar to what was used in Mark 16. Where it says you will take up serpents and they will not harm you. Right? It's, it's similar. It's similar. And it, it's the same root word. It says, I will give unto you the power to tread, to trample upon serpents and scorpions. And over. Now you start to see the context of what he's talking about. It's, it's not uncommon for Jesus to use figures and symbolisms and parables when illustrating some concepts. And after he talks about serpents and scorpions, he says, And over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. My goodness. My goodness. Do you see the relationship? Do you see the semblance now? He says, I give you power. 
over all the power of the enemy. They just told him that they subject the devils to his authority. And he's saying, yes, I'm giving you the power over all the enemy, over the power of over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall harm you nothing shall hurt you you will be invincible to the activities of devils to the attacks of devils you will be you would have such authority to command and trample these things under your feet that that's beautiful isn't it so so what i'm trying to show you from this is there is more to this serpent and poison thing it's not just a literal statement of of literal snakes it's 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 figurative of demonic activity of devils of things that in spiritual places can can harm people can afflict people can oppress people but now you have the power that is higher than the potency of serpents and poisons and scorpions. Oh, you have the power that is greater than every power. Oh, see, God has given it to you by his spirit. He says you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost comes upon you. The same spirit that was with these guys who made them dispel devils and cast them out. That power is not just resident with you. It is resident in you. Glory to God. I want you to start to think invincibility. A lot of people are so afraid, are so afraid when it comes to spiritual things, especially on the dark side. Some of you, you can't even be in your room and they will turn on the light. Maybe you say you want to pray and they turn off the light and you start hearing some small sounds. You are scared already. Ah, oh yeah, on the light, I beg, on the light. Please, I'm scared. And then it starts to rain and thunder. It's scary. It looks like a scene from that horror movie. Why are you afraid? Maybe, maybe there's a, 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 you are praying and you hear one sound and maybe it's rattle. You don't know. You just start running, running away. Why are you running? Why are you running? That's the question from God to you. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? He says he has given you authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. That's the power that you have. So God has expectations of you. If he is giving you this power, there's an expectation. First of all, this is what God expects from you. And I want you to pay attention. We're rounding off pretty soon. And I want you to just see this. Number one, God wants you to recognize one thing. That there are many people that are suffering under the activity of the enemy. Now, this, this is where it starts from. This is where it starts from. You need to remember that there are people who are, are actually slaves to the devil. People who are oppressed of the devil. People like you. People like me. When you talk of people who are witches or are diabolical, let me tell you something. Many of these people did not have a choice. There's nobody that said, ah, you know, they finished watching Harry Potter. There's witch and wizards. I said, ah, I want to be a witch. In fact, I'll start to write my CV, professional witch doctor. You start to write those. And nobody wakes up and wants to be, the, to be those things. Sometimes, in fact, in fact, just um, yesterday, 
just yesterday morning I, I cast out the devil out of someone and by by discernment I realized that that devil was was actually put into her by someone in her family she contacted it by someone in her family you know just as she was going to be filled with the Holy Spirit the, the, the demon was trying to struggle with her to constrict her from speaking and, 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 and I I mean, guys, this is this are real things. She didn't have a choice. This wasn't something she she wanted. She just happened upon it. Do you understand what I'm saying? And God wants you to sympathize with such people. Gone are the days where we suffered not witches to live. That's the law of Moses. Gone are those days. The days we are in, they are the days where we realize that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not about the person you are seeing in front of you. It's the, the spirit and the forces driving that person that you see. Anyone who is, who is influenced by, by demonic spirits, you need to sympathize and realize that these are people under the oppression of the enemy. When Jesus cast out devils, he did it with compassion in mind. He delivered those who were afflicted because he had compassion for them. And that's what you need to have. So the next time you see someone or discern someone and you realize that this person is being oppressed, you know, there's a demonic oppression there. The first thing that should come to your mind is... In, in, in casting out this devil, that's an expression of love. In dispelling the, the activity of the devil in that person's life, that's an act of love. You love that person and that's why you're doing it. So that they will experience freedom. The Bible says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. So God expects you to recognize that many people are suffering. And they need to be delivered. Praise the name of Jesus. Number two, he wants you to grow in discernment. He wants you to grow in discernment of spirits. God wants you to grow in, dis in discernment of spirits. It's, it's a gift of the Holy Ghost. It's a gift of the Spirit. Like every other gift that we see in 1 Corinthians 12 or 14 or Romans 12. Everywhere you see these gifts, they are to be desired. These gifts are to be desired. Praise the name of Jesus. So God wants you to grow in discernment. And it grows through desire. It grows through the willingness to want to discern activities of the enemy. And with the intention of dispelling them. That's how you grow. That's how you know. It's not rocket science. It's not a textbook um, kind of of, of explanation that you get is something that happens on the go. Sometimes you might just, you know, talk to someone and the way a person is talking, you can already discern, now nah, this is not this person talking. There's something here you can know intuitively by the spirit. But desire it. Desire it. Desire it. Be a troublemaker in the kingdom of darkness. That should be, that should be something on your spiritual CV. Do you understand what I'm saying? That they will call your name Messiah Kogu, aka Troublemaker in the Kingdom of Darkness. They'll call your name Error War. They'll say Pandemonium Maker in the Kingdom of Darkness. Let that be what you're known for. Because let me tell you something it's real. It's real. Demons can know your name. Demons can know your reputation for how much damage you are doing in their kingdom. And that's God's expectation for you. Do you realize that? 
In Acts chapter 19 from verse 11, you know, the Bible says that, you know, God worked unusual miracles. See, in the name of Jesus, God will work unusual miracles by your hands. In the name of Jesus, the ones that have been unheard of. Like, aha, uh-huh, you mean this still happens in this day? This kind of miracles, the ones that are unexplainable, God will do that by your hands. In the name of Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Ah, I see many miracle workers here, live with us. I see many miracle workers. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. He said, now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. So that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the, and the diseases left them. And the evil spirits went out. Like, it was not evil Paul. Hi. <laughs> It was not just Paul's, you know, activity saying out, get out, shouting out, you foul spirit, get out, you foul spirit. That was not what was happening. It was his handkerchiefs, the the power that had been soaked in these handkerchiefs and aprons that he carried were doing the job already. Yeah. So they knew him. He had the reputation. Even in places where Paul was not, guess what? Because of the things that he wore, demons, they were, they were, there was pandemonium in that kingdom. There was pandemonium in their kingdom. There's some people now wanted to try it out. This is the funny part. You know, so those Jewish exorcists now wanted to try it out. You know, they, they took it upon them, themselves to do it. And they said, they exercise, we exercise you, we cast you out by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. And it shows that these guys didn't have a relationship with Jesus. You know, they were, they were trying to be experimental. In verse 14 of Acts 19, you know, also there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish priest, who did so as well. And verse 15, the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Well, who you be? Who you, Elosa, who are you? He asked them, he asked them because you see in the kingdom of, this, of, of darkness, there is a reputation that you must maintain. They must know you. You see, they know you, but the question is, what do they know you as? When they said, Jesus, I know Paul, they might not have known these guys, maybe because demons are not omniscient. They don't know all, but there was no reputation of these guys as regarding dismantling their activities. So they had no business with them. Do you understand? Uh, so you must maintain a reputation in, in, the, in the kingdom of darkness that shows that say, wherever you step, your very presence commands authority. Your very words command authority. The items of clothing that you have command authority. Hallelujah. So God wants you to first recognize people are suffering from the oppression of the enemy. Number two, to grow in discernment. To grow in discernment. One way to do this is when you pray a lot, especially in this line, and, and your desires are showing and evident. You just realize that effortlessly you are, you are discerning demonic activity. It's something. You might see it in visions. You might discern intuitively. However it comes, you will grow in discernment. Hallelujah. God wants that of you. But the third thing is to exercise authority over the situation. Exercise that authority you have. It's not enough to discern the activity. You need to exercise it. You need to do something about it. 
The Bible says in Acts chapter 10 from verse 38, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were what? Oppressed of the devil. Do you know sickness is a form of oppression? Like I explained earlier, people who were oppressed of the devil, when the demonic activity was dispelled, they were healed. In fact, those are some of the easiest miracles because you know the source of the disease. It's demons. So if you cast out the demons, they will be fine. So Jesus went about doing good. And, and what were those things that were considered as good? Casting out devils. If it would be said of you that you are doing good works, guess what? Casting out devils and releasing those under the oppression of the enemy must be amongst those good works. Hallelujah. If Jesus did it as an ambassador of Jesus, you are to do it as well. The Bible says, for God was with him. The beautiful thing is that you too, dear believer, you have been anointed by the Holy Ghost as well. God has anointed you by his Holy Spirit. He has marked you. And with that marking came the power. Came the power to do good like Jesus did. Hallelujah. That you know, you, you are healing those who are oppressed of the devil. That you are taking action of the situation. Exercising authority over situations. Hallelujah. Paul did this. Paul did this. Hallelujah. And you should do it as well. So, so God wants you to discern, discern the demonic activity and dismantle it. Whether it's, it is an internal possession, whether the spirit has taken over someone, you are to dispel the spirit. Whether it is an oppression, maybe an external thing, you know, and, and some ways that oppression happens sometimes. And don't, don't, don't think that because you're a believer, the demons will not try. There are, there are arrows that fly by noon. They are, borrow Psalm 91's terminology. There are attacks. There are attacks of the enemy. It's real. There are schemes of the devil. There are devices of the devil. And he's going to try those attacks against Christians. Many times he does, oppression takes the form of thoughts. There are some thoughts that just come to your mind. Sometimes it could be thoughts of depression. It could be thoughts that bring temptation. The devil is known to tempt like he did to Jesus. Those are forms of oppression. Sometimes it could even try to afflict you bodily. And, and, and that has happened before. There was a time that my dad, um, in fact, was being oppressed by a devil. And, and there was a sickness that was not just a natural, or let me say unnatural sickness, it was it was demonically caused and i started to discern it and, and we had a conversation and i told him that that i think this is this is this is demonically inspired and i said in the name of jesus we take hold of every demonic activity and you stop in your tracks right now in the name of jesus you are healed and you de you demon trying to afflict your activities are dispelled now and you know, my dad told me after we had that prayer that he had a dream, a dream where he saw he was attacked. He saw it. Do you understand? And so don't think that because now you have, you are full of the Holy Spirit, you have the power that the devil will not try his attacks. Now we know that he will not take his hold in you. He will not possess you. He, he can't because God does not share his temple with devils or idols. Praise the name of Jesus. 
but we know that externally he can try he can try his best but praise the name of jesus we have authority over serpents and scorpions hallelujah we will trample over them under our feet and they will not in any way harm us glory to god that's the mentality that i want you to carry i want you to realize that the devil's activities have become child's play because it cannot compare with the power that you have the next time you are praying in a dark place and you hear those sounds that might be sounding scary even if it is the devil himself and it should appear and i know that it's not going to happen but even if that's the case he should be the one that should be afraid do you understand if you understand the power that you carry he should not even try to come near you you say you what are you doing you can't harm me you should be afraid do you understand do you know how the demons talked when jesus wanted to cast out the devils from from a particular man a, a lunatic you know they said jesus why do you to torment us before our time you are tormenting us that's the picture you should have it, when you see the enemy you are, you, your authority in christ torments them they're afraid they're in danger when they're near you do you understand i i hope someone is listening to me this is the mentality to carry but your job is to identify such activities and dismantle immediately. No questions asked. It's not your job to interview, ah, you spirit, where are you from? Who put you there? None of that. No. Take the format of Jesus. Be silent if you're talking too much. Sometimes demons can play smart. They, as you're casting out a demon, one will say, ah, look at you. You want to cast me out? You that you've not been praying and fasting. Yes. They use those tactics. And I'm telling you this because... I've heard the demon say this to me. You, you that you've not been fasting, you've not been praying, you think you can cast me out. And like Jesus, you say, shut up, out, leave him in the name of Jesus. Leave her in the name of Jesus. Be free. Do you understand? And that's all it takes. That's all it takes. Ephesians 1, 19 to 22, look at this with me. Ah, if you can look at this with me, I, I promise you it's going to bless you. Ephesians 1 19 to verse 22 and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named every authority that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come see this is this verse literally summarizes every possible power you can ever imagine in the entire universe both in this present time and even in the world to come eternity to come Every power has been summarized in verse 21 and is saying that he had put, put all things under his feet. He's saying that he has set him in a place of his, at his own right hand that is far above all these powers. And we're going to see how this relates to us. It's one thing to see Jesus exalted, by, but by the eyes of revelation, you need to see yourself in that equation. Verse 22 says he has put all things all things in the context is talking about all powers all authorities under his feet are you seeing that relationship where where we've seen in previous verses he tramp you know we trample under feet we trample over the lion and the and the serpents we trample over serpents and scorpions do you see the same terminology here 
It says he has put all things under his feet and gave him because the reason why it's under defeat is because that's where defeat happens. Ooh. Yeah, you should write that down. But that's 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 me being jokingly serious. Defeat happens under defeat. And so he gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Gave him to be the head over all things to the church for the benefit of the church. By reason of this, you now partake in a power that is above all other powers. Hallelujah. Paul understood this and see what he does in Acts chapter 16. He came to a place where he was going to pray in a certain city. And there there was a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination. You can read this up in Acts 16, 16. And she was possessed with the spirit of divination. This is um, those people that do the soothsay, they do fortune telling. Those people you see in the movies with those big globes. I see into your future. You know, things like that. These, this was what she was doing for, for, for her employers and making some money. Verse 17, the same followed Paul and us. So she followed them. She saw them. And she was saying this. These are the servants. These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show us unto us the way of salvation. And this she did many days. So it was not just once. She was saying this. She will see them. Ah, these men are servants of God. They've come to preach the gospel and show the way of salvation. She was saying this consistently. Now, this was this true? Yes, it was true. Yes, it was true. These are people that she had never met. But she knew things about them. And, and you know, that's why there are a lot of false prophets who, who use demonic spirits to, to, to use what they would like to call word of knowledge. But it's demonically inspired. And that's why it's important to have the discernment of spirits. Because Paul used it here. And, and, and but Paul being grieved. This is what the Bible says. Paul was grieved and turned and said to the spirit... I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came, and he came out the same hour. Came out of this woman. Can you see that? That's, that's what, that's just so you know, that's what happened that landed Paul and Silas and gave them their own, their own theme song. Paul and Silas, they prayed. That was what happened. That's how they entered prison because the people will not have it. This woman was set free, so she was not going to make money for them. And they were angry and they put these guys in prison. Praise the name of Jesus. But you need to realize that this, this is the idea. This is the idea. Just like Jesus, Jesus went about in Matthew chapter 9, he went about all cities, teaching in the synagogues, healing them that you know were sick, those who were oppressed. He cast out devils everywhere he went. So this is the idea that you have. See, dear friend, it's high time that we become sensitive to these things and become proactive. You, you don't need to shout too much. You don't need to, just take authority. Just take authority. Just take authority. The demon I cast out yesterday was just by a touch. A touch, and of course, I followed it up with, with a command. But guys, I want you to first realize that people are suffering. And some of those people might be your friends, and you might not know it. Yes, even your believing friends. Because sometimes the devil oppresses believers, especially believers that lack the knowledge of who they are and what they have in Christ. He can oppress them with ignorance. Through their ignorance, he can oppress them. God wants you to recognize that people who are without Christ are also suffering over the, under the oppression of the enemy. And it's your job to do this, to identify the demons 
and to cast them out. Glory to God. To dispel the activities of the enemy. To take up serpents and trample upon scorpions. To drink deadly poisons and know that they will not harm you. To walk with a sense of invincibility. Glory to, to God. This is what I'm saying is that through you, many can be set free. Because of your touch and your words, do you know that generational curses can end immediately? That people have been suffering for decades but when they met you ah they realized that that was the day they were delivered that can be said about you you can have a reputation in the kingdom of darkness as a troublemaker people can know you that ah this one hey don't go near him oh ha don't go near how ah and it's 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 one thing to say oh it's because this person is prayerful but i tell you it's not just about being prayerful it's about that understanding it's about the revelation that you have of the power that you carry it's about knowing the kind of authority you carry it's about knowing that you have the victory already over the enemy and all his activities to know that you have all power in heaven and on earth given to you by God that's where it starts that's where it starts. But it starts with your decision to be proactive about this. It starts with your decision to know that you are helped of God to make this so. That you will deliver those like Jesus our Lord did. Who are oppressed of the enemy. Who are oppressed of the devil. You will heal the sick. You will deliver those oppressed. Those in captivity. You will release them by the power of the Holy Ghost. Can you turn this into prayer right now? That in the name of Jesus, I will be a vessel in the hands of God dispelling the activities of the enemy I will be a vessel of the Lord Jesus dispelling the activities of the enemy that I will represent Jesus in this way who took time to dispel the activities of of the enemy to disrupt them to dismantle them he cast out devils wherever he went moved with compassion he ended the reign of demons in the lives of individuals and that's my life i re- represent jesus this way are you praying right now there is a power i carry and demons know it demons would recognize it and at the count at, at the sound of my voice at the touch of my hand in, in the, the breath of my presence they flee their operations they are dismantled in the name of Jesus the things the objects the ornaments of my attire can even command authority my presence can command authority my touch can command authority my words can command authority and disrupt the kingdom of darkness in the name of Jesus I walk up knowing I am victorious over serpents and victorious over scorpions I cannot be harmed I cannot be harmed even as I am casting out devils the devils cannot harm me because I am protected of the Lord because I have the power and authority that they will bow to because at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord in the name of Jesus every knee bows every knee bows in subjection as those 70 disciples said ah Lord the, the devils are subject on 
unto us through your name. The same, the same will be said of us even in greater measure. In the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. That individuals you encounter who are oppressed because you are present. Aya, Because you are present. Oh, in the name of Jesus, these activities stop. These activities are disrupted. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I want you to pray this last prayer with me. And you see, like I started with at the beginning of this teaching, the, the Lord is doing, he, he's moving in this generation. And if you're not seeing it, it means you're just not sensitive enough or you're not just exposed enough. But God is still active. He's still working. And the way he does it is he uses his children the reason why we have these teachings, the reason why we educate and edify is so that you are equipped with the knowledge, knowing that God wants to use you to make these changes in the world. He wants you to do so. So you're going to make a commitment that, Lord, I align myself as an ambassador of the kingdom to set things right in this world, to dispel darkness in these dark places. In this crooked generation, I will make it straight. In these dark places, I will make them bright. In the name of Jesus, where there is death, I will bring life. Where there is darkness, I will bring light. Where there is crookedness, I bring straight paths. In the name of Jesus. Can you pray right now? Because we are the move of God on the earth. We are the move of God. God steps into places when we step there. God touches places when we touch there. Oh, come on, pray now and make a commitment today this day the 29th of august i make a commitment that i will not be a backbencher sitting at the back and a spectator to all that is going on i am an active participant i am an active participant i leave nothing to chance but i am proactive and it's regardless of my temperament it's regardless of my personality whether i'm introverted or, or extroverted or i am an active participant of the gospel oh lord i take charge over situations i exercise authority over situations i turn all things and align them to the kingdom status i align them to the kingdom's principles in the name of jesus lord i will establish your kingdom even on the earth i'll establish your kingdom even on this earth in the name of jesus but lord i am an active participant of the work of god on this earth in the name of Jesus. I will go about doing good like my Lord Jesus did and I will heal all those that are oppressed of devils in the name of Jesus. Thank you Heavenly Father. Oh, we glorify you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You are exalted. And thank you because we are seated with you in a place of exaltation, far above principalities and powers. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. And right now, I just decree, if there's anyone listening to me right now, in the name of Jesus, where there might be demonic activity hovering around you and your family, trying to steal your health, trying to steal your prosperity, trying to hinder your spiritual growth, trying to pollute and, 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 and contaminate your mind, in the name of Jesus, I cancel all operations of the enemy right now.
I cancel them over your life, over the lives of your family members, over the lives of your friends. In the name of Jesus, all demonic activity is dispelled now. Listen to me, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. At the sound of my voice, ah, glory to God, Tamo Tuse. Demons, they bow to the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, every demonically inspired disease is healed now. In the name of Jesus, every demonically inspired poverty and lack is destroyed now. In the name of Jesus. Yes, that's it. Hallelujah. That's it. That's it. Thank you, Jesus. Dispelled. Dispelled, dispelled, dispelled in the name of Jesus. I speak freedom and I speak liberty in the name of Jesus today and forever. I speak freedom. I speak liberty. Nothing in any way shall harm you, dear child of God. Nothing in any way shall harm you. You will take up those serpents and drink those deadly poisons, but it shall not harm you. Oh, glory to God. It will not harm you in Jesus' name. Supernatural invincibility is yours. Supernatural invincibility is yours in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. These ones are active participants of your work on the earth from now till you return in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you shout a thunderous and glory-filled hallelujah right now? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. I am super confident that this has been a blessing to you. Keep praying with it and let these words drive you to action to live in the fullness of the will of God for your life. Stick around for more. God bless you. I love you.